Anki Drive. Part racetrack, part battlefield, all out speed. Pick a car, power up your weapons, and clash with friends and cars as they try to outsmart you. It's time to race into battle. Visit go.anki.com slash RT for full details. Go.anki.com slash RT for full details. This episode of The Patch is sponsored by Nature Box. Order great tasting healthy snacks right to your door. Forget the vending machine and get in shape for summer with healthy, delicious treats like everything bagel sticks. Support this podcast and get 50% off your first order. Go to naturebox.com slash the patch. Welcome to The Patch. It's The Patch. This week... Gus, Bernie, Ryan, Gus. We're Hi, here. everybody. We're here to Welcome back. The control room. There's <laughs> the control room. <laughs> We're here to talk about video games. Yellow. And, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and sh- primary colors. Come on, guys. Be professional. Sorry. Sorry. Time. Um, we're here to talk about video games, video game news, our final broadcast here from uh, our beautiful studios in South Austin. We're going to say that all week long. Yeah, but this like is for every this single is thing. This is the final, final live broadcast. Are we going to be in the, the new super final? The place next week? Fingers crossed. Okay. Right, well, if not, We're not going to be in here. <laughs> By the way, did you guys know that every date this week is a palindrome? Yeah, I saw that <laughs> a thousand times. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. I may have seen it once or twice. Yeah, Which or is, one, two, two, one times. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting, also considering that we had a blood moon lunar eclipse. Which that would have been like in ancient days. All the dates are palindromes and. There's a blood moon. It's a bad, should, it's a bad day out. for virgins. Yeah. And I heard we're having another one this year. That's pretty rare, too, right? There's going to be a second blood moon or a second lunar eclipse in October. There's four in 18 months. Wow. What's so, a blue moon? A blue the, moon is uh, It's a delicious beer. No, it's a... It's a <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Full moon once in a, twice in a month. Is that what it is? Yeah, me. That's a, so when they say once in a blue moon, is it's it? actually something that is statistically... Improbable. Let me see. What is a blue moon? So there are hierarchies of this particular statement. Is it like once in a Halley's Comet? Yeah. Because it's. I want a yellow moon. Fine. Yeah. Go outside. Blue moon is an extra full moon that appears in a subdivision of a year. A subdivision of a year. What is that? Extra full moon. (laughs) Yeah. It's like I like my moon extra curvy. (laughs) Fractions. Figure it out. Ah, either the third or four full moons in a season, or recently. A second full moon in a month oh, there of the you go. calendar. So it's just like an extra full moon. Or it just depends on how much toxins are in the atmosphere that particular day. Then you might have the blue moon. It's the like refracting moon, the moon the extra moon. big. Mr. Glass is half empty over here. <laughs> how many toxins are in the yeah, atmosphere? That's still mostly full. All right, we can't talk about moons. There's a lot of video game stuff to talk about. Gotta talk about yeah. video games. Luckily, we had only one person who was at PAX East on the past that's right. this week. That was this past weekend? Yeah. I'm yeah. Kidding. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it was uh, we, we, PAX East in Boston was this week. It was the 14th overall PAX. Wow, okay. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, do you want to just jump in? Start Let's talking about it. it. All right. Well, why don't you guys talk about what you heard about and then from uh, PAX? I think the things I heard about were um, uh, Evolve, the pre-sequ- uh, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, PAX South, and the... Equality Lounge, I forget what it's called. <laughs> the, the diversity, <laughs> diversity Lounge. Diversity Lounge, there you go. They're making a big effort at PAX to make it a more inclusive event. Not that it wasn't before, but that they, they want everyone to feel that it's as inclusive as it's always been. It's It's been a major issue for PAX mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. In fact, uh, our panel that we did, it normally goes the keynote speaker, uh, Jerry and Mike, Gabe and Tycho, uh, doing their Q&A session, and then us right after that. There was no Gabe and Tycho Q and A this year. Really? No, no, no like Penny well, Arcade keynote. No. They did. They did the uh, drawing a uh, Penny Arcade strip panel, and they had all their questions pre-selected for that. Really? Yeah. And that's and I, I, that they announced Pack South, which will be late in January in San Antonio. Now. So they, they they didn't answer any questions off the cuff. Apparently not. No, apparently not. That was their mega strip panel where they uh-huh. did that. So they're but, pulling back from packs, right? Like they've started to kind of distance themselves to some degree from the I, event. I can actually tell you that I saw no imagery in the convention hall that was Penny Arcade imagery. Hmm. It was all packs logos. I think normally it's like the Gabe and Tycho car- comic characters, mm-hmm. like doing something or holding yeah. dice or some shit. Exactly right. There was none of that. Although there was uh, on the program, they had like an '80s retro packs, these 2014 program. Okay. That's weird. I mean, it's still in the title, so you'd think it's odd that, to distance it. But, I mean, they're kind of pulling back from a lot of projects that they've got or I mean, have had, right? If you walked up to the convention goers at PAX, just an average person on the floor, and you said, hey, uh, what does the PA and PAX stand for? Do you think 
half of them would know? Is it I don't know. Where well, we we had that experience where when we went to uh, PAX Australia, right? Um, it was it was super crowded. We had really long lines at the Rooster Teeth booth. One time, Jack and I went to go get a slice of pizza, and you know people were following us, and we were talking to a crowd. Like, and we did the thing you talk about, where it's like uh-huh. we're going to keep talking and walking and signing stuff, and we made it all the way to the pizza trailer. There's a huge crowd around us, and I turn over, and Jerry from Penny Arcade is standing right there with, like, one person talking to him. <laughs> it's like, he can walk around, and people don't know what he looks like, necessarily. Yeah, well, Or know it. that it's him. We always felt like that with, uh, you know, once we started layering in more live-action shows, uh, it changed. But in the early days with, like, Red vs. Blue, when we were basically an animation house, people didn't know all of our faces. You were, actually the, you were actually the face of Rooster Teeth. Yeah, because mm-hmm. of the Apple Switch parody. Yep. More people knew Gus than anybody else in the company. Like, we'd walk into Best Buy, and Gus, would, was, Gus, awesome. was, huge. No, no, Gus was huge in Best Buy. Nobody knew who Bernie was. He'd be like, hey, I, I, I write it. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, shut up, you. <laughs> yeah, they were. That's exactly how that would go. Gus would go, this is Bernie. He writes and directs the show. And they go, you okay? Hey, Gus. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Totally hey, you should really get in front of the camera sometime. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Totally, totally great for your ego. It's the way we, invented, uh, or we introduced live streaming for this stuff. But I think you missed what I think was the biggest announcement oh. of PAX East. Which is uh, on the floor they had the big exhibitors on the floor were Wildstar, mm-hmm. League of Legends, which is always huge. And mm-hmm. it's just people like watching other people play League of Legends. Uh, and then the 2K booth, which contained both Borderlands pre-sequel and Evolve, which I'll talk about in a second. But I think the biggest announcement that came out of PAX was the fact that the Firaxis panel, they announced a new Civilization game. Beyond, Beyond Earth? Beyond Earth. Oh, right. Yeah. So they're taking Civ like outside of Earth. But Which, they're, they're very clear to say it's not Alpha Centauri. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say they've, they've tried to approach this before. My, my favorite thing about that is they released a, a like a teaser trailer yep. you know, about Beyond Earth. I saw someone immediately cut it to uh, the final countdown. Uh, oh, you know, that's that song, awesome! And, uh, and then like it just matched it up uh, like from the beginning, and uh, it, it, it makes sense. Does it? Does it, does it, make it. Sense? Yeah, it does kind of make sense. <laughs> I think whoever edited that video may have been listening to the final countdown on an alternate audio track that just got muted for export. Oh, they were like, "Oh, hey, that's if I had to guess, that's what I say would happen." They, uh, but I think that the way they did that announcement is perfect for a video game company because now we have all this like. It gets announced at E3, and then they have a pre-trailer the following year at E3. Then they have a gameplay the third year at E3, and then the game comes out. Firaxis came out. They had a panel at PAX East. They said, we're coming out. They didn't even tell you what it was they were going to talk about there. And I, uh, E from Xbox, he's a big Firaxis fan like I am, and I, you are. I know mm-hmm. you're yep. a huge Civ fan. Yep. Oh, yeah. You? Yeah. yeah, I love the series. My, uh, my kid recently just started playing Civilization, so this is mm-hmm. great timing. He's been playing Civ Five, and he's gotten super into it. Like, I... I showed him, like, here's the tech tree. You had this, then you get this. And he was like, let me play this. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Like, get out of the way, you. And then he's so new to it. He, uh, he started his thing. And I said, how's your civilization going? He's going, great. I found my first neighbor. I go, who'd you find? He goes, Gandhi. So it's great. And I was like, I don't have the heart to tell you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like someone who's read the Game of Thrones book. <laughs> like, I'm not going to spoil this for you, but just wait. <laughs> Listen, man, there's something in, in games you got to learn on your own. You if know God I mean? invites you to a wedding, don't go. <laughs> yeah, we'd like you to come for, to a wedding for 20 turns. <laughs> don't fall for it, buddy. Uh, but the way for Axis did it was they came out, they announced the game, they showed the trailer, they said the game is coming out this fall. No one has ever heard of it, and it's coming out this fall. That's like six months away or less. Nice. Then, gone. Well, like, uh, the no, everyone that was there from the no, like, Ashley was there, and she tried to go get a comment from Farax about it. They weren't even there anymore. Completely it was like, left. mic drop, and they were gone. The mic drop, <laughs> and a, like a smoke bomb came out from it, and then they were just <laughs> off the stage. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. And it's like, it's like nobody knew this game was in development. I don't think anyone's amazed that there's another Civilization game coming out, but this one is definitely... A very cool addition to the Civilization series. It's yeah. not Civ Six, you so know, I'm on, excited. On a somewhat related note, last year at PAX East, Blizzard announced Hearthstone. Uh, I don't think anyone really knew that was coming. They announced it, and then that's already out full retail. Like that came out in beta, and then I think the iPad version just came out yesterday. Oh, I got some. I got some Hearthstone Dude, stuff what? for you. I got some decks for you. You just telling oh, me now? Man. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're at home actually too. I'm like crazed. I'm frenzied. He actually started to foam at the mouth a little bit there. I know anybody listening at home couldn't see it, but the look in his eye, it just about yanked Bernie out of his chair. I might actually have it in my laptop bag here. Ooh. I got a stack of them, so I can what? give it to you. Well, okay. I mean, you, then you can give them now away. Now it's Christmas, to- though. You've got to wait till the end of the patch before Damn. you can open it. They did give them to me to like give away to people, so maybe I should do that. I'm people. <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> I'm an important person. Yeah, but that was great, uh, the civilization thing. Um, and then... 
the thing that I enjoyed the most – oh, there was also, which I think kind of fell under the radar and I didn't see reported a lot of places in PAX, is that Un- Un- Undead Labs was showing the upcoming DLC for State of Decay. And it looked great. Oh, and okay. I didn't even know there was an upcoming DLC for State of Decay. I didn't either. Is there no, a release see. window for that? Uh, I, I don't know. We can look it up and see. Um, uh, Michael and I – Michael Jones and I walked over and talked to them because I know Michael was a big fan of uh, – of uh, State of the K as well. He did a couple of his rage quits in it. Was it rage quit? Or no, full, full play. Full play. Yeah. Full play. And, um, and Gavin. Yeah. Drunk, drunk Gavin. <laughs> drunk Gavin, yeah. And uh, yeah, so when looked at it, it's, it's uh, the DLC is going to take like the same story, but from the military's point of view is the way it was explained to mm, me. Okay. So and those guys were all really just cool dudes. They're based out of Seattle. They got that big deal with Microsoft after State of the K did so well. So they're just Quietly cranking away new games. I mean, is, I wonder if that's going to still live on that same that quarter of the map that is so underused in the original game. There was a lot of the map. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it was it's like all... essentially two locations you really used a lot. Yeah, I felt like kind like of the, the farmhouse the bottom, and then way down south. The kind of part of the map, map yeah. was mostly useful, and then you got up there, and there was just nothing anywhere. It was a desert of re- resources up in the the base. Yeah, yeah. it definitely felt the no. Yeah, it was there was like. A rocket launcher you could get there. There were like four rocket launchers or something in that uh-huh. base. That's all it was worth for. Mm-hmm. It's like you go there and you collect them and then you leave. How do you guys feel about that? How do you guys feel about a popular game that then you play the game again from a different perspective? Like Half-Life 2 did that. More, well, or Half-Life. Dead Rising's kind of doing that right now, isn't it? Yeah. To some good, degree. That's, I was, that's what it immediately mm-hmm. called to mind was Dead Rising is that there was four episodes of DLC and they were all lost stories of Los Perdidos. And they were all just different takes kind of on the game. But it got it got. I think if done well, it could be good. Like I would imagine, I'd like to see something like that with like the Walking Dead Telltale games, where you have survivors come in, you know, touch your story and leave, and it's like, what happens? It's kind of like what they did with Four Hundred Days, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's hard to. I can't imagine them doing that without Clementine, though, which they might do at some point if something goes wrong there, yeah. as it often does in the Walking <laughs> Dead series. But uh, you know, it's hard to imagine them like staying away if that if that character's still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a really. It's an iffy. I mean, there's situations where that kind of thing's been done and has been done really well. Like, actually, something that I haven't really been talking about much, but uh, barely, I finished Barrel at Sea Episode 2. Oh. Uh, which has a lot of tie-ins to the, the Bioshock universe and to the original Bioshock game uh, and how Rapture came to be what Rapture was when you enter that world. Uh, so I, I kind of liked what they did in that one, but there have been other titles where that kind of thing just doesn't interest me sometimes it depends if they're just touching on things that once happened and giving you these cool little insights into the backstory of the other story mm-hmm. it can be good but if they're just rehashing the whole story from like when they did uh the dead rising 2 and you got the whole thing again from uh frank west frank west's perspective mm-hmm. yeah did eh. you play to play like half-life they have blue shift opposing, opposing force. force was that it did I, you play as the scientist or think anything that's it. yeah that's kind of what started it right was those he plays a different character. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I this guess Blue Shift was probably like the first time I remember really. He plays Barney. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because like, I felt like they built in all those characters in Half Life Two. They just kind of took what they had in Half Life and they said, "Okay, we'll make this guy a character, and this <laughs> the white bald scientist a character, another black scientist a character, security guards a character too." But I guess I never played as Barney in Blue Shift. Is that who you play as? Yeah, I think you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And they kind of like I feel like they added that after the fact, but they did a great job with it from the source material of Half Life One. Yeah, ah, but even they kind of backed off of that. Oh, they even they kind of backed off of that though because there wasn't nearly as much of that in Half Life Two, unless I'm forgetting something. Well, all of those characters became like more major characters, and they I did. Think they were going to start trying to maybe solve that with episodic content, and I think that they just kind of like which they did lost their focus. Yeah. And <laughs> something else got their attention, like something what shiny dangled and had a shorter window of time. Do you think? The music game genre or the episodic gaming genre? Episodic. Episodic music, was music like game a f- stuck around for a few years. You say that, but you're playing Wolf Amongst Us and uh, Walking Dead are both episodic content. Uh, and well, there, to be fair, there's also still music games coming out. That's a rarity. I mean, like, everything was going to be episodic. I don't like, think music is pretty dead. Music's pretty dead. They still make uh, <laughs> yeah. Rocksmith. They still make those dance right. dance games. Like one of Ubisoft's big titles is the they were, they were they were they were demoing Just Dance up there. Well, they were they were what? They were doing Just Dance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of the big competitions. Like in the hallways in PAX, they do that. And my favorite thing in PAX got moved to way the hell in the back, which is there's an arcade, classic arcade cabinet museum, and they bring stuff. Dude, they had a game I used to play as a kid where it was a Laserdisc game based on the anime Lupin. Man, called Cliffhanger. Really? Yeah, called Cliffhanger. That sounds cool. Yeah. No, it was really cool. In fact, I didn't know what Was Lupin it like the Don Bluth style game where it's like uh, mm-hmm. Space Ace and stuff like that, Dragon's Lair? Yeah, and you had a punch and a kick button, action button. I believe. Uh, it's the only Laserdisc game I ever finished in the arcade going all the way through it. 
uh, and they had it there. Didn't play it, but you know, it, was, <laughs> it was good to see it again. Um, and then, I, why don't we talk a little bit about Evolve as well? Are you going to, by Ooh. the way, Civilization? You going to get Civilization? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, me too. It's, so. uh, I mean, they've tried this kind of space thing in the past. I'll give it a shot. Uh, I don't know. There's something about the connection to our, our planet that makes well, the Civilization series kind of what it is. It's also the history and knowing all yeah. the shit, like being like, oh, Gandhi, you motherfucker, you were good in real life, but you're a son of a bitch yeah. in this I, game. I feel like when they take it into the future, all the technology trees, some, it's, you really got to get those right because. It, it made sense in the historical stuff, and you can see how that builds into new things. In the future tech trees, they can get off course really fast. Like, how do they keep it Civ and not make it a 4X game? Yeah. Right? I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of things that have tried this and just haven't really done great. Or And it's already a marketplace that's got things like Sins of the Solar Empire, Galactic Civilizations. Uh, there are titles out there. Masters of Orion. Masters of Orion. It's old, though. That's another Wait, one that kind of fell off. Is this real? What's that? Like an unsubstantiated rumor coming in via Twitter. Woo-hoo! My favorite kind. Mr. Sexy Good Time. Harmonix has a music-based MOBA coming out. It was at their panel at PAX. Music-based MOBA? Okay. I feel well, like there's a Let me look this up. I, I'm calling bullshit here. Uh, there is some kind of music-based shooter that's coming out. Um, music-based shooter? Yeah, and I forget the title of it. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, they're still trying to do things with the music kind of genre, but... Nothing is ever going to be on the same scale as the original Guitar Hero and Rock Band series. Because right. that was such a big ticket thing. If nothing else, just to move the hardware for it. And now they're having a deal too where a lot of those licenses are expiring and they're just like not going to renew them. So you just won't be able to download some of that stuff. Yep. So the genre is really, it had a window of time. But We're, episodic gaming, even going back to the Penny Arcade mm-hmm. stuff, Penny Arcade had a game series mm-hmm. that was all episodic. It didn't make it through its full run. At least, it not with the same developer. Right, it they, went away <laughs> for a long time and then came back and they... Excuse me, wrapped up the series. There was talk at one point they were just going to finish the series in written form right. and not make it interactive. Yeah, I think uh, they talked Taiko down from the ledge on that. <laughs> was like, oh, yeah. no, no, let's, uh, let's make a game out of this. Let's, uh, let's really, let's sell more than a couple. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine making that jump from like video game to book. Yeah. To well, finish, finish well I mean, story. they do it all the time. Halo has a book series. Diablo, right, but it's like, I imagine mean, if they made effects. Halo and Halo 2, and they're like, yeah, okay, Halo 3 and Halo 4, they're going to just be booked. You, know? <laughs> that would be tough. Like, <laughs> you would read it. Yeah, of course, but yeah, I mean, of it, course. it's, it's a go. lot smaller of a market. You know how much less development time there is on book? How much less beta testing <laughs> you know goes into that? You know how much cheaper a book is, too, though? It's less revenue. <laughs> Has anything ever done that? Has anything ever made the full transition from one format to another? They said, like, we're not going to... Like, they made Harry Potter books, and then they mm. made the Harry Potter movies, but they were based on the books. The sequels didn't follow in a different medium. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, they didn't just say all of a sudden, well, oh, this is going so well. Book seven and eight just won't be books. They'll just be movies. Like, mm. has anything ever completely made that transition? Not that I can think of. I mean, some, movie, some TV shows have ended up as movies, but that's way down the pipe, too. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go set this thing up. Y'all keep talking. All right. Okay. He's going to go have his fun with this thing. Okay. So the other thing that we got a chance to do, uh, Gavin and Michael also got to play Trials Fusion. They did, like, a live mm-hmm. stream on the floor uh, playthrough with uh, Trials Fusion or Playtime, you can't really play through it, but uh, um, they did that, and then we got a chance to, I got to see Borderlands, the pre-sequel, mm-hmm. which takes place between Borderlands and Borderlands 2, and features, I don't think this is a spoiler, uh, you basically see the origin of Handsome Jack is what it looks like, it's, uh-huh. Handsome Jack's a character in it, and it's really interesting because uh, it's the first time in the Borderlands series you're going to be able to play as Claptrap. Right. And I read that Gearbox said that some people are going to hate playing as Claptrap. I totally what believe it. odd statement to make about your own well, game. Well, they said that some people are going to hate it and some people are going to love it. And they just you know, are trying to appeal to the people who are going to love it. if because it's required. It's, it's, it's that dialogue. You know, the Claptrap dialogue. In, uh-huh. in Borderlands 1, I got driven crazy by that. Look at me. I'm dancing. I'm dancing. If I have to hear that one more fucking time, I'm going to strangle someone. Imagine playing a whole single-player campaign. As that character, you know. Well, you think he's just going to be muttering to himself the yeah. entire time? Just they this, said he will. This constant inner monologue. Yes. Just, all right. <laughs> they all do right. that. Like, I played as a hunter in Borderlands, and they would always talk to his bird. And it's like, they, <laughs> they just they say stuff over and over again. I wonder if you can just turn that off. You can have an option to disable the onboard <laughs> wow. commentary. Uh, Borderlands. I kind of need that in life. Sometimes I just <laughs> want to turn off the inner monologue. Yeah, I hear you. Borderlands <laughs> as a uh, as a franchise has a really weird distinction for me in that it is the franchise that has, and this is really specific, it has the most annoying title screens. Where if I just load the game up and don't uh-huh. play it, and I go off to do something else, I've got to go back and turn off my uh, console. Because I'm getting, I'm learning not to use voice commands. I got to go back and turn off my console because I can't stand what the title screen sounds like, <laughs> you know? It's, well, you don't want to listen to Cage the Elephants? Or? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, 
yeah, the uh, no, the, specifically Borderlands Two has been up in my house like the last year or so. Every now and then, I'm like, oh, it's like every now and then you hear that repetitive <laughs> claptrap stuff. Yeah. All right, what are we doing here? Watch that thing. My so, setup. Yeah, you, you should be good to go. So uh, we w- one of our sponsors this week is uh, Anki Drive. They have uh, this cool system. They don't they don't have an ad read for me. They just wanted us to actually play with the thing. This is something I saw at Dice this past year. Uh, we went to Vegas. Go ahead and hit uh, play with your friends. Got it. So it's friend. it's like hey. radio controlled cars. Oh, like thanks, you think about like old slot cars. Uh, t- so your friend's gonna host. Except that instead of having remote controls, you use your iOS device to control them. And if you don't have enough people to play, you uh, you can use you can have the cars controlled by AI. So Ready. pick your car. You pick the the one you said. Oh, uh, my blue one. Mm-hmm. You can call it blue. Right. You don't say the one I said. I'm yellow, right? Yep. And I'm gonna add. I have no upgrades. I'm gonna add an AI character as well. So it, it also has an upgrade tree for all the the cars, which is really cool. I'm right. a level one Katal. Me too. What? You're biting off my style. No, Ryan, you're well, Korok. I'm, you're oh, the I'm yellow sorry. one. I'm so here, we're just going to play. Uh, it's like a battle game. So it's not really a racing game. Even There is a racing mode, but we're playing uh, I should probably be able to see the, the car, huh? No, nah, it's overrated. <laughs> Whoa, who did that? I don't know. Believe me. I, I set don't. him up going the wrong way. <laughs> now I'm going the right way. Oh, so I can change lanes. Oh, what's it, how's the black one? It's so freaking fast. That's the AI control guy. <laughs> He's kind of hard. Yeah, we got to catch him. Uh, I'm the oh, orange nice one, move. Ryan is the yellow one, Bernie's the blue one, and the dark gray one is AI. So how do I slow my dude down? There's a slider on the left, ah. sleeves, sl- speed up, slow down. There's also a gun and uh, a, a gun. special ability. Oh, wow, that gun's awesome. So they, they launched this thing last year. Oh, take year. that. Hey, collision. No! They launched this thing last year at Worldwide Developers Conference, and it's been on sale for a little while. And like I said, I saw this at Dice, and as soon as I saw it, I was just like enthralled. I, like I cornered them. I was like, "You have to let me play this." And they had a little demo unit set up, and uh, it's just a really, really fun. Oh, I overtook the AI, dude. Come here. Drafting. Drafting. <laughs> Come on, you. Ow. Oh, look at that. No. I uh, just fucked the AI. <laughs> you got them going the wrong way. Stop shooting. But shoot you, me? you can see they're also intelligent. Like you, you, someone bumped into the AI character. He started going the wrong way, and he realized it and on his own. Corrected and turned around and oh, started kicking bitch. our ass. Oh, I have a tractor beam. What does that do? Tractors. It slows the. It's like a tractor beam. It slows down a car in front of you and pulls them towards you, so you can uh, close in and shoot them. Hey, hey, the AI shoot uh, me. No. Oh, nice. Uh, you lost it, Ryan. Oh, Ryan's out. No! Ryan's out. Rain is over. Well. I just got sidelined. Wow. I'm better at that than real driving. Oh, that was horse shit. My car just drove off to another place. All right. It started in a new land. So my power-ups I have here are pulse carbine gun, basically, and then I've got a shield as well. Look at yeah. this fucking anyway, sweet split-screen action we have going. Anyway, I just wanted to show it off. Like I said, they really didn't have an ad read. They wanted us to show it off. Um, if you visit, I think it's go.onki.com slash rt. Uh, you can oh. check out some more information on it. They just this map we're playing on was actually just announced today. It doesn't this one doesn't ship until May sixth, I think. And uh, you can check it out. It's really cool. I think the if you buy the thing, it comes with <laughs> the the map and two cars. Did you get my guy in the truck? Oh, okay. Oh, I, you flipped him over. Yeah. You turtle. No. <laughs> all right, that's enough, guys. All right, we've all destroyed each other. Very specifically said to me, don't sit up, don't stand on this thing. Yeah, there's actually a lot of sensors in the track that. Uh, relay information to the car. So the car knows... Uh, you can quit the game from there. The car knows where it is on the track and where the other cars are through, like I guess, like Bluetooth. Uh-huh. Uh, that way it knows like when to shoot and when to pass. And every car, if you play them in AI, has its own personality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that gray one we were playing is actually probably the meanest one. So basically this is Skynet the car game. <laughs> basically. I, I did notice, like, you were, you, you were telling me something earlier where you can get a car for it. And you have to beat the car before you can control it. Yeah, it's this one. It's the gray one we were actually playing against, um, Korax. This car just came out today. And wow. how do you beat it? Like, how do I see my score you, and all that? Well, you would set up a game against it in AI mode, and you have to beat it on medium or harder. I see. I <laughs> have been trying all day to beat this thing on medium. I cannot beat it. So this Crazy. is like the death of the automated car, right? Because if this software got crossed with that, it would be the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> it would make traffic a lot more fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think we're going to be an automated car that like, gets off the track and goes like that. We're actually <laughs> going to be giving away one of these starter kits. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, we're going to have uh, information uh, about a contest for people to can enter and potentially win um, this whole setup. What Twitter account? Rooster Teeth? Uh, yeah, follow, follow Rooster Teeth on Twitter. We'll be tweeting out some details about uh, 
how you can uh, enter and how you can win one of these awesome things. That's at Rooster Teeth. Rooster like a bird, teeth like a dentist. That's how I say it every time when I talk to somebody on the phone. <laughs> one time I, told, I, was, I was talking to this phone rep and I said, it's Rooster Teeth. Rooster like the bird and teeth like in your mouth. And she said, I don't have any teeth. And I was like, okay, but you're familiar with the concept, right? You had teeth at one point. Why would you share that casually either? Like, no, no, just nothing in there. Just all gum. It was, it was so awkward. So I now, nothing I, but I, know what to, I, I don't know. I never know what to say anymore. <laughs> now, now I feel like I'm insensitive to people with no teeth. Um, I'm, so, I'm sorry, so people with one, no teeth. One of the other things you, you want to talk about in addition to all this was Evolve. I, that's, are, that's, are you, that's are you that's intentionally? The next thing. Okay. So I want to get everything else out of the way before I, before I talked about it. But, but by the way, Borderlands 2. Uh, I like Borderlands a lot. This one takes place on the moon of Pandora, and there's a lot of like low gravity stuff. And there's a whole new mechanic in the game, which is oxygen, where you have to have oxygen at all points in time. You have another kit that's an oxygen kit that lets you like jump and then vent it, and then you can like do these like attacks where you go straight down. We also saw a new weapon, which is a cold weapon, and mm-hmm. the, uh, it's Australia 2K or 2K Australia that's helping develop the pre sequel, and they were able to add a cold weapon like right away. Apparently, that was a big deal all along, and that they okay. couldn't add cold weapons. And the they... people who have never known cold were able to add a cold <laughs> weapon immediately. The people who are underneath the hole. They were able to think there. outside the box when it came to cold. They've studied um, it. But w- I, I really like the idea of the mechanic they have with oxygen, where it's you, you need it to breathe, but it's also a resource like for jetpacks. Like you, uh-huh. you can use it to. Yes. It's like where you have to weigh that utility. It's like it can get me somewhere faster, or I can float. But I might run out of oxygen and die. And I didn't go hands on <laughs> with it. I personally think but. that the that the oxygen thing is like one more meter. I don't want to watch, but we'll see. I get a lot of faith. The Borderlands series is a lot of fun. Has a lot of personality, so we'll see. And the uh, the one uh, class that I saw, she had a defensive shield, and the stuff hit it, it would charge up, and then you could throw it. And then when you powered up in the skill tree, one of the things was it would deflect off four different people. That thing became really powerful pretty quickly. Um, of course, they had a dev build where they could just like load out their skill tree if they wanted to. <laughs> um, but then we got to play Evolve, which was my uh, favorite thing at the show. I really liked Evolve. It's from Turtle Rock. It's the same people that made Left 4 Dead, which I actually, up until the convention, I thought Left 4 Dead was wholly owned by uh, Valve. Like I thought Turtle mm-hmm. Rock was inside of Valve, but it's not, apparently. And so 2K is distributing it. And Evolve is, I got this little handy name, little band here that says support on it. Uh, it's four hunters versus one monster. And I guess the best way I could equate it to another experience in a game is like, imagine if they took the experience of a tank battle in Left 4 Dead and then turned that into a whole game and built it out uh, a little bit more. But uh, the classes in the classes of the four hunters uh, in Evolve are uh, assault, medic, trapper, and support. Uh, and they all are very, very distinct. I, as far, far as I could tell, you had to play as one of the four. I don't think you could, like, double up on anything. That's what Michael was telling me, is that you had to keep well, all four classes. It's like in Left 4 Dead 2, where each character right. is their own unique character. You could never play with two coaches, well, unless you modded, but you, you, every, everyone just had to be one of the different characters. Oh, I got a mod for Left 4 Dead 2 where I got to play as uh, all the red versus blue characters. Yeah, we Somebody saw that one. There. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really it was super easy to use too. But <laughs> uh, in a, in evolve and so and then the, then your four of you are playing against another playable character, which is the monster. Uh, monster starts out at level one. I think it has three total levels of evolution. And the way you evolve is there's like wildlife in there as well, kind of like NPC monsters that you fight. And uh, the big monster, the main monster, uh, can go through and eat, and then that gives it armor, and then it also fills up a meter that then levels it up, and it can like. Like spend points and build up its powers as well to the point where Michael, who was playing as the monster at the end, had like this leap attack that was just ridiculous. He <laughs> breathed fire, all this stuff. But um, the classes are pretty much what you expect. I mean, there's some unique uh, approach. Some the support class, which I played, and the trapper class, which is what Lindsay played. Those were pretty unique to this game. I don't think I've seen anything quite like them. The support character actually had a device he'd pull out. And I could shield somebody else on the team. Like, if I just pointed one person at a time, I could shield them. And they were basically indestructible while I did that. But I had to keep up with them. So I'm basically like holding silver, strafing, and, like, and keeping I, up. And I'm sure it probably made a very bright, clear line to you, showing where the shield was originated It looked from. like the Ghostbuster gun. Like, it had a big thing, and then it made a big cone around the guy, or a big sphere around him. But that was kind of nebulous and moved a little bit. So it's like a target for the monster. And it really Watch is. Watch the trail away uh-huh. from the shielded guy and yeah. kill that person. How close to him did you have to be? I mean, could you be, like, across the room to do yeah, that? Yeah, I could be across the room. Okay. Yeah, and it was mainly an outdoor map. Uh, I don't play it, but uh, the way the developer was, was describing it said the size of the map initially is like a battlefield map. So it's a really big map. That's pretty huge. And you're actually hunting this thing. Like we spent most of our time trying to hunt the monster. And there's these tracks. And then when it'll go through certain parts, if you get to – if you're the monster and you get too close to like these flocks of birds, they fly up. And then the hunters get that 
on their screen where they uh, see the birds uh-huh, flying uh-huh. up. You like get a little bit of an outline of the monster and you run that way and try to find it. But then when you find it, the trapper becomes really important because they can set these sound spikes down. But then the big thing they can do is harpoon it. They have a harpoon gun where they can hit, hit the monster and they tether it for just a little bit. And then they can use this thing called the mobile arena, which it takes a little bit of time to set up. But then they plop it down and it makes an energy dome around the monster or you know, basically – it's a center of a sphere, uh-huh. makes a dome around it, and then the monster can't leave that. Nobody can leave. You so can you come- trap it next to you so you can fight it. You get closed battles, uh-huh. yeah. And so it was uh, It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We were like, you had to keep talking. You have to use teamwork as the hunters. And then, of course, the monster is like a badass. It's- so if you lose one of your characters, are you pretty screwed? Well, the medic, it's like the, the mechanic like in Left 4 Dead uh, to where people get downed and then they get killed. So when you get down, you're sitting there shooting um, with your pistol and then if the monster can either come and wail on you and kill you, or you'll just bleed out if nobody helps you up. But you can go over and revive somebody who's downed. Which gun? And then, and then if you do get killed, then there's a uh, respawn timer that starts where a drop ship comes in and drops you. So once the monster starts to get an advantage, though, you got to be really, really careful. I think Michael was telling me too that the, if you die and come back like that, you also start with reduced health. Is that correct? That's what they told us, but we never got to the point where we got. A drop. <laughs> we never got a drop. So uh, yeah, Michael, Michael, we got in one room and Michael just destroyed us. Ray took us in the wrong direction. We made Ra- Ray. The, about that, yeah. We made Ray the assault character because we said, "Look, you're the best at FPS. You play assault. You have mines. You have a big ass gun. That's you." And then we all just like chased after him. And of course, Gav was the medic and died and right the, away. He could see the footprints, right? And he was. Following the wrong direction, he didn't understand the, the orientation of the footprints. Uh, I think odd he, I, foot yeah. shape. I was like, yeah, trust the guy who never drives himself anywhere to uh, <laughs> to lead you guys where to go. That's exactly right. And you know, it was like we let him lead because he's the assault guy. It didn't much make much sense for the medic or the support guy on point. So we had Ray go out in front, and I would just shield him as we went. Oh, also, my support guy could call him an orbital drop. Never got to do that. Because it, we, we ended up indoors, and you can't do it indoors. <laughs> it sounded like the the classes had a good degree of codependence. Like you really did need to integrate as a team to have any chance. Yeah, and they were very clear about it. Like, mm-hmm. you definitely, you know, do, do not get separated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like Left 4 Dead. If you go running off on your own, you're probably going to die, and everyone else is going to die as a result. Unless you're Andrew Pan. Unless you're Andrew Pan. <laughs> we had a ringer that we'd always play Left 4 Dead with, and we, he just bolt, and we're like, go, go, go. <laughs> and we'd be back shooting at stuff. So We were just bait. Um, but it was evolved it, from, from uh, Turok and distributed by 2K. It's coming out later this year, right? I yeah. Think. We on a PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Okay, very excited about it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that game. It, it's uh, I, I watched that reveal trailer a million times. Well, not a million. I watched it probably uh, nine hundred ninety nine thousand times. times. I, I no, really, okay. I really been it. looking, really been looking forward to that game for a while. Yeah, and uh, we actually have a clip of we couldn't record gameplay footage. Um, so we had to kind of use canned footage for the piece, uh, but you'll see our reactions to actually playing the game. Uh, we have a clip on the no of our playthrough, um, and it's up on this channel because this is where uh, this is where the patch goes is up, up on the no. So you should definitely check it out. Yeah, it's a it, it's a it's a it's a really cool thing. I can't wait. I know I keep saying that. <laughs> um, also, a uh, quick roundup for the rest of packs. A um, lot of Oculus games. Half the floor was independent games, which was really cool. Um, there was the, the indie mega booth just gets bigger and bigger. It seems the, like it was half the floor was mm-hmm. indie games, half the floor, and but, but like Double Fine was in there. I don't know if you consider them to be an independent developer. The Behemoth announced uh, a game there. They said uh, they, they were very cryptic about it. They said that they're working on a new game called Game Number Four. It's like their working title. It's going to be Xbox One exclusive, and they're going to start. They're going to show it off and announce more details in July. Okay. I think everybody's kind of waiting for Behemoth to make Castle Crashers too. I think that's like, <laughs> what's interesting. That's uh, Xbox One exclusive. That yep. is interesting. They had a lot of success. Castle Crushers on the Xbox was was it the best selling 360 arcade game? I think everybody I know who has a 360 owns Castle Crushers. You could see the rankings, or you could for a long time on the arcade of 360. <laughs> you could see like what the most uh, popular titles were, which basically means best selling mm-hmm. or most downloaded. And uh, Castle Crushers was always up there. So it was Uno. Oh yeah, we played yeah. a lot of Uno. <laughs> yeah, um, we. I also read that. Uh, Minecraft Pocket Edition finally passed 21 million uh, sales. You're 21 million me. copies sold. Not 21 million dollars. 21 million copies sold. I mean, of Minecraft Pocket Edition? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's one of those things where I can see lots of people buying that in addition to a larger Minecraft install. I have it. There you go. I have Minecraft on everything. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like I was saying before. It's like the new Tetris. And I believe it's the Pocket Edition that's going to be on the Amazon Fire TV. Really? So, that yeah, sense. that's yeah. a whole other vector for them to sell it. 
Uh, yeah, Minecraft Pocket Edition is so, I can't talk. Has sold more than 21 million copies. Uh, yeah, they're going to host a live panel. Oh, they hosted a live panel this past Monday where they talked about it. So it passed 12 million sales on the Xbox 360, 14 million sales on the PC, and so far it's up to a million on, in one month on the PS3. And now they're going to offer a disc on the PS3. Yeah, and the disc version comes out next month for the PS3. So, so combined, what is that? 26, 27 million between PC and console, 21 million <laughs> pocket. That's 48 million copies of Minecraft sold. Basically, they're just like, anything that you own that has a screen, we're going to let you play Minecraft on it. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Unless it's Wii U. <laughs> and they're not. I was happy to see that they... Or Oculus. They, or, or, or Oculus. They, uh, they announced the... Uh, the PlayStation 3 version of Minecraft is going to get a retail release with a box. And it's actually, I think, the coolest cover art of... I haven't seen the cover art. ...any of the Minecraft titles so far. Here, I'll pull it up for you and see. I'll send it to Patrick so we can show it to everybody. Okay. It's going to take me a second. Uh, I mean, here. it's funny because I'm going to get it from your notes from the patch. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I probably didn't... I probably saw it. I probably don't remember. I'm going to read this while you, uh, while you look for that. Uh, remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is also brought to you by NatureBox. Your mission, snack smarter to get in shape by summer. Your enemy, the vending machine. But when you're starving at 3 p.m., all cranky and lightheaded, the evil vending machine can seem like your only friend. Don't give in. Head over to naturebox.com. Naturebox sends great tasting snacks right to your door, and they're great for you, too. We're talking healthy snacks like barbecue kettle kernels, everything bagel sticks, South Pacific plantain chips, and over 100 more. Zero trans fats, zero high fructose corn syrup, nothing artificial, even snacks that are gluten-conscious and non-GMO. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S., Naturebox is busting up the vending machine's monopoly on your midday hunger. Try NatureBox right now and get 50% off your first box by going to naturebox.com forward slash the patch. That's naturebox.com slash the patch. Stay full, stay strong. Go to naturebox.com slash the patch. It's naturebox.com slash the patch. The other day, we got uh, a shipment of uh, NatureBox in. And to be nice, I, I put them all out on the Ooh, break room table. How'd that work? They were gone like in yeah. four minutes. It was unbelievable. It was like, oh, this and this and this. See, it's, it's crazy. The animation cave is basically a bunch of starving prisoners, <laughs> really. And if any food hits the table that is free range, it's not going to last. Yeah, and it's all it's all good stuff. It is. Here's your Minecraft uh, PS3 cover. Oh, that is uh, actually really really cool. <laughs> Sorry, I sent him an image that. Was, it uh, seems almost like throwback. It makes me think of like a ColecoVision box art or something like that. Or like the old Atari things where they did the really like interpretive versions of the cover art. Yeah. Whereas like the game looked nothing like that, but that's they did an interpretation of it for mm-hmm. the for the box art. It makes yeah. me think of that for some reason. I don't know if it's the color palette, like the way it's underground and in a cave and dramatic lighting. Right. That left torch in the background. Actually it just reminds me a lot more of all the uh like fan animated kind of things that people are doing now with mm-hmm. Minecraft. Those are everywhere. There are music videos. You Minecraft know, is story. just... Yeah. It just doesn't stop. It just doesn't. Really it, it, it was a... At the time, it may have seemed like a strange move to make the graphics so lo-fi. But then, like, now you look at it, it's like they'll port it to anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. You really don't need a beefy GPU to run it. Well, um, you, yeah, you don't need a beefy GPU, but it's based on Java. So, I mean, it runs like poo on most <laughs> things. Uh, but... It runs on most things. But yeah. Ryan, Ryan is very critical of the performance of Minecraft. Well, you're, for what it is, it should be better. I, I agree, but I don't ever have the problem. You're, like, you're very critical of the performance of Minecraft. I'm okay with it. It's, I deal with it every day. I know you do. I know you do. I, <laughs> Not I mean, every day. but The only thing I would say is I'd love to have the draw distance go a little bit further. That'd be really cool. And mm-hmm. you can you know move that up, but... It's really weird too, like when you like doesn't especially when you're flying, it doesn't fill in blocks that are like right there next to you mm-hmm. until you like literally step on them. And that's but it can be kind of fun too on the Minecraft server uh, that we had for sponsors for a little while. Um, uh, which we are bringing back by the way, people have asked me about that. Um, the uh, occasionally you get the thing where you could see into the world uh-huh. and then you could see everything that everyone had mined. Ma'am, <laughs> because we had a limited size world for the sponsors, uh, and it was like sixty four people at a time that could get into it, that thing looked like like an ant colony. You know like, what I would love to see in Minecraft is a mod that would just apply a moment of gravity to everything in Minecraft. So if you could just turn everything for a second into sand so that all those tunnels would just collapse, what that would do to the surface world. Oh, I see what you're saying. Just all of a sudden, that's no longer, <laughs> nothing not even, is supported there. It just goes crunch. Man, when you find it, when I found an abandoned mine in Minecraft, which was a new mm-hmm. thing that they added... They had, like, built in, like, they used fence posts to, like, fake, like, beams, like, for yeah. support. I thought, what a horrible mechanic that would be in Minecraft if you actually had to build in structure oh, to support God. your caves, yeah. yeah, as you went along. I would, I would hate that. 
It'd be nice realism, but I would quickly get sick of it. No, it would just be like another tedious thing you'd have to take care of. It's like any RPG where you have to manage food. <laughs> I just, it's just the wor- worst thing ever. Something that you have to do in Minecraft. Yeah, now you have to manage food. I never liked that. I, I mean, yeah. And on the hardcore server, you can starve to death. Mm-hmm. That's always the best thing. Like the first day that we start reset the server, I give a chest to everybody and I put enough food in it to start a farm. And of course, one dude walks up and wipes the whole thing out, takes all the food, and then goes off somewhere and dies. Like a locust. Yeah. And then it's like, where's all the food? They're all st- and like people are dropping <laughs> dead, starving to death while they're trying to establish like farms. <laughs> Not enough animals. And I always warn them, we're about to start. Here we go. And I take down the borders and they run. And one dude just like takes everything. Yeah. Terrible. I, made, I was <laughs> even so gracious I gave them a mushroom so they could have infinite food if they wanted to. Somebody always kills the mushroom. Right away. <laughs> right away. Instant awesome. gratification. You kill it and you get some steak right then. That's it. Yep. Maybe some leather. You usually, might need shoes. You don't know. That'd be great if they did it that way. They usually just hack it and run away. <laughs> They're just trying to screw it up for everybody else. Did you see that new Call of Duty Ghosts DLC that replaces <laughs> the in-game multiplayer announcer with Snoop Dogg? Yo, dog! you got shot. <laughs> what is that? They had Snoop Why Dogg not? record VO to replace the, uh, to the multiplayer clear, announcer. Is his name Snoop, Snoop Dogg at this point? He was credited as Snoop Dogg in the official really? announced video. Because yes. I know he changed to Snoop Lion, and then I was pretty sure he changed again. He was credited as Snoop Dogg, and he introduced himself as the Snoop D-O-double-G. Snoop. <laughs> I'm having trouble talking today. Yes. I, may have had I understand, guys. Chums. I'm there with you all the time. <laughs> He, uh, I think what you're thinking of, he also, for a very short period of time, was Snoopzilla. Snoopzilla. He yes. was. He was. That's a strange tie-in for the new Godzilla movie. I even heard... No, no, that was... Wait, come on. That's a strange tie-in for the old Godzilla <laughs> movie. So is he just going to start tying himself to products? Is, he, is there going to be like an apple that's like the Snookintosh? Well, or? well what's, what's strange to me is like in this video, he talks about... you know They show him recording some of the dialogue, and he talks about it. And he talks about how the writers did a good job of capturing... <laughs> the style of his speak and his voice is like he didn't even like right he's not even saying it. it's like someone was like what would Snoop Dogg say in this situation and like wrote it down and he he recorded it. Wow. Now are we spelling enough of the words or is he saying them? Ah, hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine who wants this feature. Really, it's funny. Is there? It's funny, but how? Again, it's like. It's like the claptrap. How long do you want to play with I, that you on? Know, I'd it's be, gimmicky. I'd be, I'd be okay with... I wish there was more selection for that. Like, I remember when we first started playing Halo 1 back in the day. We all loved that announcer. Uh, the, one, the, Jeff the multiplayer. I, had never, I didn't know that was his Double name. Double kill. Yep. Yeah. Triple kill. I wish in, 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 there was a feature in more games. Like, you could toggle between Jeff Stetzer, Snoop Dogg, Ice-T. You know, there's like a whole plethora of people. How is that your or, list? Those I would love to hear a multiplayer game Jeff's, announced by Jeff Stetzer, Snoop Dogg, Ice T. That's really the three go to. I've been listening to a lot of the Ice T podcasts lately, right. and uh, I, I don't know. I'm really into listening to him. He uh, narrated a book for Audible, a Dungeons and Dragons book. Did he really? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember the title off the top of my head. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> That'd be great when they get to like the part of the thing when they're fighting. It's like multi kill. The uh, the Stetzer guy, Jeff Stetzer. We were uh, we were um, looking at trying to hire him to do an immersion video and have just him walk around behind you when you were one of the lab rats and have him just announce everything you did all day <laughs> to see if actually having that in real life would annoy the shit out of you. Well, that would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, we think so, but I think it would get old as like you were checking email and every time you go, email, you know. <laughs> you have two new emails. Spammed. I, I, I was really, one of the things I really Inbox. wanted to, want to get out of that was the thing is that you've got mail. Like, you turn left. Double mail. Triple mail. <laughs> Mail tacular. <laughs> Over mail. <laughs> Malo. <laughs> so he apparently read a forty-page short story. So I, they, nice. he doesn't. He doesn't say what it is. I don't think it's been Fucking released. Brag yet. about it. I've done that. No big deal. All right. Speaking of Halo, we want to talk about big Halo news. Halo. We absolutely. It's sure. not. It's not Halo news, really. Sorta. But it's it's well, related not. related to that. <clears throat> so Marty O'Donnell, one of the longest-standing employees at Bungie. Um, not one of the originals, but very close to it. And He started, uh, I think, in 99. I, I, what I read was he started 10 days before Microsoft acquired Bungie. Yep. Is, it really, is that true? Mm-hmm. Okay. 10 days. And uh, best known as the guy who created all the music in da, Halo. Da, da, da. Yeah, the Halo da, 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 theme. Da, 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 da. You know, the, 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 da, da, all the chants da, 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 and everything da, 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 da. like that, you know? Da, da, da. So he tweeted very suddenly last night. He tweeted, and I should probably pull up the actual tweet to get it right. Um, he also, incidentally, I'm going to vamp for you, uh, made the Flintstone Kids theme. Yeah, his, his actually work with Bungie goes way back to Myth 2, Oni. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I tweeted this last he night. He did Septera Core. Uh, he did, um, I forget, there was one other big one that was kind of, uh, Riven. He did Riven. He did Riven. I didn't know that. He did Riven. 
And this is his uh, Twitter account is Marty the Elder. He wrote last night, I'm saddened to say that Bungie's board of directors terminated me without cause on April 11th, 2014. And that's all that he wrote yep. was that. And then uh, Bungie had an update on Bungie.net on their website today about it. Saying that uh, you know they, they parted as friends and they wished him well in his future endeavors. Yeah, which, I'm paraphrasing, which I, is an me. odd combination of statements. But mm-hmm. by the way, I didn't know all those games that he did off the top of my head. I just did the no post for, news <laughs> post for <him. laughs> Well, you you should not have spoiled it. I know. I, I was I, my pants were a little tight. <laughs> we, we at least sound factual. So then you know, and that sounds um, you know pretty much like what I would expect a company to say. I mean, if if there is a parting of ways between an individual and a company. The individual has a lot more ability to say whatever they want than does the company. I mean, usually there'll be an agreement Privacy in place. Reasons. Well, it's mainly because of employment reasons that uh, employment law. That if if you know they said, oh, you know, and you know whatever, you know, if like Bridget would let you go, oh god, that'd be great. But if that ever happened, <laughs> and you know, we said Gus, we let Gus go because he's a jerk and he's really lazy, you know, or something like that. Then True. that would be preventing you from getting future employment. Mm-hmm. And it's like usually in most cases, usually a company will simply confirm that someone worked there, um, the dates of their work, and they wouldn't even talk about pay or anything like that if they're called for like verification of employment. I don't think they're even allowed to share like performance reviews or things like that. That I would be a bad is, idea. Yeah. That would be a very bad idea to do that for a company. Um, so there's no – it's not really clear what happened. I mean there's a lot of speculation out there. There's like a 40-page thread already on NeoGAF. Yeah, for, that was – Long. A, a tweet that's only you know twelve hours old. I mean, Mar- Marty is he is he's one of the biggest well, names in the industry. Yeah, you think about like music composers and who makes music for games, and there's really not a long list you can think of. I, I think that's most, the name I recognize. Right, like uh, what's his name does? I, I, I mean, you can say what's his name for Metal Gear? The mm-hmm. Hans Gregory William. He did uh, Die Hard. Yeah, right. He does. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hans, Hans, Hans Gruber. Han, yeah, Hans Zimmerman. Was it Hans Zimmerman? <laughs> yeah, Hans Zimmerman. No, uh, <laughs> uh, let me look it up. We obviously are well, reaching it, the limit of our composers in video games. Is but it I'm weird, just talking about video games in general is development. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the biggest names. Is it weird, though, that he's, he said he was let go by the board of directors? No. That's that an odd – no. No? Okay. No. As, as, high, Her, as high level as he was, that doesn't strike me as strange either. Harry Gregson-Williams. Harry Gregson-Williams. So close. What? <laughs> it's a Dumb and Dumber reference. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, but, yeah, he did Die Hard, uh, I believe, as well. Okay, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, that just proves the point that I had to look his name up. Right. You know, there's not a lot of people. I think a lot. Granted, of- we're a little bit more familiar with the Halo franchise than your average person. It's but true. Again, so who else would you really even well, you know, know other than a franchise you're really invested in? Yeah, but uh, I mean, even when other like news outlets would do stories about Bungie, you know, he was always uh, a very forefront personality they put out there to talk to journalists and I guess press he was a personality that they would reference continually uh-huh. within Bungie mm-hmm. like they would always like poke fun at, at Marty and like because he was such a, a, a part of the core group there um, that he was always referencing by the way I said Hans Zimmer and I meant Hans Zimmer the composer <laughs> I completely fucked that up too so it's uh it's actually interesting to me that it, he was he's been working on Destiny for a while. You did you know Paul McCartney's been collaborating on that for yeah. two yeah. years? Yeah, that was a really big deal. Like he, uh, I follow Marty on uh, on Twitter, and he was t- talking about that and like his association with uh, um, uh, Paul McCartney. Now there's also Michael Salvatore is there, and it's not clear what his status is. Okay. But if he's there, I mean, they collaborated for a very long period of time, uh, and so if 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 he's there, and and Marty O'Donnell's moving on. You know that that'll be interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's just a big development. I mean, in the past couple of uh, years, uh, Joe Staten left Bungie as well, and mm-hmm. he went to Microsoft, which yeah. I found to be really interesting. After all the effort they spent to, you know, divest Bungie from Microsoft, and so yeah, it's really interesting. And it's like it, I, people are very curious, but this might be something that we never find out uh, the information for at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I uh, we, we know Marty. Okay, yeah. uh, so this is kind of an interesting. You know, Kind of a difficult topic for us to navigate, um, but I one time, one time when I was talking to Marty, he said something that's always stuck with me. I can't remember how long ago he said to me. It might have been six years ago. Sorry, everybody. He said um, when talking about like working on video games and working in the video game industry because he's a musician, has worked in you know different fields of artistry before. He talked about video games and he talked about you know that there's all these big franchises, all these great products in the video game industry. It's basically these golden eggs, right? You get the metaphor of the goose that lays the golden egg. And, he's, and basically what he said was the video game industry is very good about taking care 
of the eggs. It's like that's where the focus is. The focus is on the product, not on the geese, basically, the, peop- the, the people that make the games. And he wasn't referring to himself, I don't believe, as a, as a goose that lays golden eggs, but I think about the, talking about the artistic community in video games in general, um, the developers and all that. And, uh, and I'm not, you know, that's something that he said to me, but that's also, I noticed last night, that is his background on his Twitter account right now is this like whiteboard drawing of geese and golden eggs. And that's like, that's what that reference is. It's, it's, that he hmm. said that, that always stuck with me, you know, is that like it, it, the, what is more important is the franchise more important is the people who make the franchise more important. Um, but then, you know, uh, we also know a lot of people that work at Bungie as well. Um, you know, and a lot of those people are still there. Like you, somebody put out the list of the board of directors, Chris Butcher, Jason Jones, you know, we held Ryan, <coughs> I almost died there. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> that something happened. I was swallowed wrong. But, I mean, those are people that are, that are integral to, to, to Bungie and all the franchises that they've made. Um, so, you know, it's tough. And I don't, I don't think we'll ever know. It's a, it's a really bad – it's a, it's a bad deal. Mm-hmm. It's, it sucks to hear about. Yeah. I, I guess it was kind of surprising to me, you know, when all this broke, too, that it never occurred to me that game companies would have a full-time composer on staff. It always seemed to me like something that would have been contract work for a lot of musicians now i mean looking back on it the scope of the work that they he's done in those games is pretty broad yeah well i think that's what sets it apart you know mm-hmm. i think most game developers or most studios will contract to someone outside but i think you know there's a, there's something extra special that gets added when it's someone who works inside like you look at the scope mm-hmm. of like the music in uh, a franchise like halo or the stuff we've seen so far of destiny and it's just like <coughs> it's it's so operatic and so grand mm-hmm. and seems to marry so well with what you're seeing visually you raise a good point yeah i mean i think of all the games i've played there are very few of them that really made me notice how inspirational yeah. the music behind it was yeah. and can that's you, one of them can you think of a single fucking song from call of duty no. <laughs> I would say the Halo theme is up there with like that and Mario. Like yeah. the level one song for Mario. Mario is pretty iconic. I think the other game that I, I remember having music that really set off moments was Bioshock. Uh, Bioshock Infinite. Oh, actually yeah. Actually had a lot of They did a good really, job with that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but it's rare that I'll notice a game and think the score is really contributing to my... In fact, that might be an interesting idea sometimes just to try... Uh, I don't know if I should say that on air. Maybe not. It's an immersion idea of... How, how well you would do in a situation with a theme. With different music? Rather than without. We tried a similar one where we had the kids from Xbox Live yelling at a real soldier. And I how, saw that How, one, how yeah. would they do? Yeah. He actually did better. It's the, the inverse of that. What yeah. would be the inverse of that? Can you inspire someone to greatness with music? Through music. But I think people, a lot of people are drawing comparisons between what's going on with Mario Donald right now or what, what has just recently gone down uh, and Amy Henning over at Naughty mm-hmm. Dog. But they seem to be a little different to me because it seems like Amy Henning left – but felt that she was forced out, whereas this is a direct termination. I mean, that's the way this is being said. And, right. And people are talking about it. And he was very specific uh, in his tweet to say termination without cause, which is a very specific uh, legal term. Uh, and at least the way I understand it, we, we're, we're based in the state of Texas. might be different in the state of Washington where Bungie is. But essentially without cause means uh, it wasn't related to job performance. Like it wasn't like um, – no, it should be. It wasn't related to something like uh, – like you could say like – and I hate to even use things that would like be conjecture, you know. But um, if someone was terminated with cause, they would be doing something like uh, like theft or vandalism or something, you know, that was mm-hmm. direct violation of their contract with the company. Whereas with without cause is more like this nebulous, like it can be simple as we're going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to work with you anymore, um, or you know, something like that. But not like a hard metric of like you were supposed to do this and you didn't, therefore you're terminated with cause. And that that leads into things like like a layoff would be. Uh, without cause, essentially, because mm. we're just making a, a decision mm-hmm. on the level of the company, and we decided to terminate the position, so you're terminated without cause. Um, so it's a term that, when you first read it, it sounds like they had no reason to fire me. You know what right. I mean? Whereas it can be like it can actually be a reason, but it's not a contractual re- reason that's easily definable. You could have just been too expensive to continue paying. That's another thing for a guy that's as established as Marty, uh, you know, and as popular as he is, and as far along in his career as he is. Yeah, he could he could have become too expensive. Hard to believe that with as much money as they have to be spending on Destiny at this point in time. Right. But, uh... But, I mean, um... Yeah, it sucks. It does. But, but I mean... I mean, again, talking about the golden egg, you would think that maybe the score is locked at this point for Destiny, so hopefully we can still hear the the work that he has done and he's worked on for a couple of years now when Destiny does finally come out. I'm sure they won't throw it all away as long as there is something. Right. I, I would think that... That would be a cause if you had two years and produced no music. That would be a bad thing for a composer. Yeah. He's like sweating it the night before. He's like, got to make a mixtape. 
yeah, I can't imagine the scope of like trying to score a video game. It's like all the all the moments that could happen uh-huh. or or title screens. I mean, again, that goes back to title screens. We talk about how annoying the cage the elephant is or claptrap on a Borderlands loading screen. But you think about like the Halo loading screen or the Halo One where, where mm-hmm. it was just like the basically like the monks singing. Oh. Yeah. Patrick, I might send you an image or the the uh, Twitter account. You can see the cover image that he has up right now. Twitter account. But I want to say that, uh, you know, obviously at Rooster Teeth, I mean, for us to talk about that, Marty O'Donnell is one of the guys on whose shoulders we stood to start this company. You know, mm-hmm. when we worked with Halo and, you know, you know, we worked so closely with Halo and the work that he did on it. And we use that to great benefit here. And so, um, you know, as, as, no matter how far along we get, we're now going into our 12th year. I'm never going to forget that. You know what I mean? And, and I, when I read about people talking about Marty, I see a lot of respect for him and a lot of the work that he's done. I have that same amount of respect. And once again, we come back to that deal of people saying, I'm sure he'll be fine. It's like, you don't, you don't know that. You really don't. I mean, it's like it's, he's, got a, he's got a tremendous career and those are hard things to keep going. And it's like the best way I can equate it is like if you get an A on a test and someone says, oh, you got an A on a test. You're, you're fine. Just keep going. Just keep doing that. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be easy for you because you, you got an A on a test. You know what I mean? Or you've had like eight A's in a row. You know what I mean? It's like these careers are hard. These, these yeah. things, like, keeping these things going is hard. So it's like we definitely wish Marty the best, uh, you know, and I uh, hope, you know, everybody's doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, you know, friends at Bungie and, and, and Marty in particular. Everybody's yeah. doing well. I guess uh, we won't say we we're sure he'll do fine. We say we hope he'll do fine. We we hope. We, yeah, all yeah. the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was always he's always been uh, super nice to us. Super super great. Where would you like to see Marty O'Donnell go next and uh, create music? I, I maybe would like to see him follow Amy Henning and work on a Star Wars property over at Visceral. Ooh. I would. I mean, I know I know Star Wars has its own iconic music already. You know, locked in that people really relate to. But maybe see a new twist on on that. I, I think that somewhere he best started to go somewhere that's very cinematic, like a Naughty Dog. Yeah. Or you know, it's imagining Marty working at Disney is kind of interesting to me. Can you make sure you sent that email to the right Patrick? I did. I okay. did. They, they're not getting anything in control room apparently. Uh, you can go to Twitter.com. It's Marty the Elder Patrick. If you want to pull that up. <laughs> yeah, but I would. I would like to see him. Get, it'd be interesting to see like a Marty O'Donnell end up at a at a Naughty Dog. Um, oh, that'd be know? cool. Yeah, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be interesting. Although the the music in Last of Us was fucking great. Yeah, yeah. you know that, that that's a title screen I love with that like really like lonely music. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. now the credit sequence for uh, for Last they, of Us uh, is so good. They uh, released a, a trailer of well a teaser, I guess I should say, for Last of Us on PS4, which is coming out this summer. It's uh and 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 it was. Oh right, uh, did we talk about that yet? That no. there's a remastered we, version we, of Last of Us. We did, was, yeah, last week. But. So there there are things I liked and mm-hmm. things I hated about this teaser. So mm-hmm. like the first. Majority of the first sixty six percent is just accolades, uh-huh. and at the end they show a little bit. It's not action, which I really liked. I thought it was cool, but the instead of showing uh, while the, you're the, talking about this, we're going to show Marty's, uh, Marty's Twitter account. Uh, Twitter account background. The the moment they chose be nice to the goose there for non references. The moment they chose for non action to show in the trailer uh-huh. was when they discovered the giraffes. Yeah, really? Like, yeah, I was like, why would you show that moment? Wow, that's weird. Yeah, I was like, well, there are a lot because. of because. Giraffes look great in HD. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's, it is it's, a good-looking shot. It's I'm sure. Joel and Ellie looking down over the field, and the giraffes, you know, walking in that big empty field. It's like that was such a cool moment. People who haven't played the game yet may have appreciated that in let's, the moment. Yeah, let's stop talking about it. Although yeah. if it's in a trailer, it's, it's like, in the yeah. fucking trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do at this point? But yeah, if you have if you haven't played Last of Us, and I don't know who's got a PS4 that would PS3. not. Well, PS4 is where it's going. Oh, right, right. Like, I don't know who's got a PS4 that wouldn't have had the opportunity to play it before or would have missed out. Like, I'll just skip Last of Us. <laughs> you know, the game that's won every Game of the Year award possible. But, uh, yeah, so it's uh, if you haven't played it, definitely definitely play it. Yeah. Well, and the shocking thing to me, and this is a bit of a rehash of a little bit what we said last week, but why isn't that the flagship for their streaming service? Like, why? That's something they're going to do that they're – going to push is streaming PS3 games to PS4 through the Gaikai service. Why is it that Oh, I the see what you're saying. Ship? I see what you're saying. Okay, so streaming the games. Yeah. Because it can sell more units. All right. Yeah. yeah. I you mean, think so? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think the guy from Naughty Dog um, even tweeted, he was like, by the way, today we announced uh, a remastered version of Last of Us coming to PS4. Please act surprised by this information. Thank you. <laughs> I, thought, Funny. I thought that was a I thought that was a really great tweet. I think it's just yeah. There's like right. I I, do, I get what you're saying. 
Sony sometimes makes very short-term decisions that if they made the long-term one, they would be in such a better position. Um, not that Sony's not doing well. They're doing great, obviously. <laughs> I think they're but doing I, just fine. I always wondered why in the fuck when Sony uh, was, had the PlayStation 2 in every household in America, why were they so focused on making $40 for those memory cards as opposed to allowing the PS2 to use memory sticks? Because if they'd done that, every house in America would have had memory sticks that would have sold their phones, mm-hmm. that would have sold their cameras, that would have sold their TVs took memory sticks. When's the last time you saw a fucking memory stick now? No, you don't. You it's don't. gone. But I, we would have all yeah. had memory sticks because we all had PS2s. Yeah, and the same thing if they carried over to PS3s and yeah. just continued living that ecosystem. How many units of PS2s were sold? Uh, I didn't want to say like hundreds of millions? I think it was 100 million, over 100 million. Yeah, I was, like, I was saying it was like 150 million, right? Yikes. <laughs> so, I mean, so they made, I'm sure they made a lot of money selling 8 megs of memory or whatever it was for 40 bucks. But, you know, if they'd have gotten those uh, memory sticks in people's hands, they probably would have made more. And it didn't matter in the long run because it all went to the goddamn cloud. So they would have had the installed base and the, so, brand, the brand build of having the memory sticks in the PS2. As of 2012, they sold 155 million oh, PS2s worldwide. Look wow. how close I was. That's probably good. the last time I looked it up, they sold on. another 5 million. So uh, <laughs> we're at time. We've got to wrap up. I have to mention one thing. Go for it. All right. I have to mention a really cool thing that happened. And it's actually a weird like year anniversary of when I went to PAX East last year. Maybe had a little bit too much to drink and started <laughs> referencing a very cute cartoon character that I love named Catbug. Mm-hmm. And on Bravest Warriors, if you've ever checked out Bravest Warriors, it's a great cartoon that's online uh, from the people at Cartoon Hangover. And they put out a Catbug uh, mobile game, and one of the unlockable costumes they put in it is a Bernie costume. Congratulations. I well feel, done, I'm so you happy it. about it. Uh, one, I love you, Catbug. One other thing I want to mention, uh, we, we went ahead and tweeted it. If you want to enter to win the Anki uh, setup, you just have to tweet with hashtag AnkiDriveRT. That's A-N-K-I-D-R-I-V-E-R-T. And uh, you'll How get that a, starter, again? a starter unit. A-N-K-I-D-R-I-V-E-R-T. All right. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. We'll see you next Monday with an episode of RT Podcast and next Wednesday with another episode of The Patch. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Good night. Mm-hmm.